Thank you. Now, for the really smart ones among you, you're thinking, why on earth is he talking about Abraham at Christmas? Well, it's part of one story, friends. And uh, we, we come from this point that we're all working so hard at the moment, and congratulations on all you're doing in the community and uh, all the ways you're reaching out. This is a great time of the year for us to speak the love of God uh, to people who, for maybe the rest of the year, aren't so keen to hear from us. So well done and give it heaps because it's, it is our time, this time of the year. Jesus coming as this baby. And why did he come? What part did he have to play in this story that we find in this holy book called the Bible? Well, it's interesting because we go way back to the beginning. And of course, in this story, uh, we, we find these early chapters of Genesis. And in here we see that God created everything good. In fact, it was perfect. And he created humanity and we were in perfect relationship with God. But God gave us this most incredible gift. The gift of free choice. He didn't make us robots. He didn't make us artificial intelligence. He actually made us as human beings with our own thoughts and intentions and with this gift of free choice. And of course, as we know in the story, that very quickly our ancestors chose to take the negative side of free choice and not to follow what God had spoken to them and probably an old-fashioned word these days but still a reality sin entered the world relationship between humanity and God got broken and that then spread out and as we go through these first chapters of Genesis that then broke the relationship and damaged the relationship between Adam and Eve and then damaged the relationship between, in the family with the brothers getting damaged. And then uh, in, in Genesis chapter 6, there's even, it seems as though something happened between heaven and earth and all the boundaries got confused. And then finally we, uh, we get to chapter 11 in Genesis and... So far had we had fallen that our ancestors now thought that if they built a tower with their own strength and might, they could eyeball God and say we're equals. Wow. What a catastrophic fall from the perfect beginning, all because God had been so generous to create us with free choice. And so we come, where Phil has just read from, to this first major turning point in the Bible. Now, you can't do this with an app, I'm afraid, but you can if you've got a real one, you know, one of these things, the, the book. No, I use an app a lot, don't worry, I'm not mocking. Um, but, you know, you can even see, you know, here is the first major turning point in the Bible. And you can see we're not very far through the story. And, and, it's, and it's like... Okay, creation happened, everything was perfect, and then because of this beautiful gift we were given that we abused, everything collapsed. 
and the result has been destruction of uh, relationships with God and with each other and within society. And God calls Abraham. And the mission begins. And he, he says these three verses that Phil read and we had earlier as well, which for me, it, it just comes down to three words. He simply said to Abraham, uh, your descendants will become a great people. And then God says, and I'm going to send them to a particular place. And in that place, they will have a purpose of blessing the world with my love. And drawing, drawing the world back to me. So here we have at the beginning of uh, Genesis chapter 12, we have the first mission statement, the first mission covenant in the Bible. And Abraham was just told three things, people, place, and purpose. And the really smart ones know exactly where I'm going to end now today, don't you? Yeah? It's pretty clear, isn't it? People, place, and purpose. That is God's strategy for winning the world back to him and restoring the broken relationships. Now let's think about it in its, in its uh, context. This, if you don't mind me just turning my back a moment, I'll just remind you of geography. So Abraham's descendants were to go, the people were to go to a place called the Promised Land. Happened 400 years later. They went to the Promised Land. Now the Promised Land is that very narrow strip of land down the side of the Mediterranean Sea. Right? Just there. At its narrowest point, it's about 35 kilometers wide. That's all. Now, why was that the place? I mean, we know that the promised land is down this side of the world, don't we? Yeah, it's about four hours flight away. No, 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 no. <laughs> oh, I had to get that in. Yeah. I've met a couple of Kiwis today. They've given me all sorts of courage I shouldn't have. <laughs> this, this place, this place, this promised land, this little strip of land down the side of the Mediterranean Sea, where the whole Bible story is centered on this place. Why that place? Well, we thought the word strategy came in about the 1970s, but you look at the strategy of God. You see, Mediterranean Sea here, piece of land here, Desert there, Africa here, Asia there, Europe there. You see, this place that God sent his people to was the strategic center of the world. Anyone who wanted to go anywhere had to go through this little piece of land. If they wanted to trade or they wanted to conquer or they wanted to share their education, if they wanted to go and do research, you all had to go through that piece of land because there weren't boats, there weren't trains, you couldn't walk through the desert. So to get anywhere between the three continents of the known or the populated world, you had to go through this piece of land, this place. 
and God simply called them there uh, with Abraham, his descendants, that they would be his people in that place. 400 years later, when they're about to go there, God explains the purpose a little more. And we can see this in the covenant that we find. And the covenant that we see uh, in Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and repeated again in Deuteronomy, is that God's people would go to this place and they would live in a way that would attract people to God. You see, as people walked through this place, they were meant to notice that something was different. They were meant to notice that in this place, relationships were of a higher quality. In this place, widows were cared for. Orphans were included. Foreigners were given a place. Love abounded. And you see, these words right back to Abraham were, you know, in this place fulfill my purpose, which is to bless the world with my love. You see, the whole point was that as people traveled through this place, they would observe and experience what was going on in that community and they'd go, what's going on here? There's a quality here that I don't experience in my life or where I come from. There's a love here. There's an acceptance here. There's a, there's a standard of relationship that is above and beyond anything I've seen before. And of course, they would say, what's going on? And the people would be able to say, let us tell you, about God and his love. You see, this whole covenant that was given to Moses on Mount Sinai was the how-to of fulfilling this purpose in this place as God's people. The remainder of the Old Testament is the ups and downs, the success and the failures of this, of this people, God's people, fulfilling that purpose in that place. And there were many times that they were incredibly successful and that influence of God's love spread out around the world as everybody passed through and caught the message. There were, of course, times when the people of Israel, God's people, were not faithful to the purpose or the covenant and when they weren't faithful, God would bring discipline to get them back on track. Part of that, of course, was 70 years in captivity in Babylon and then allowing them to go home again and reestablish God being God's people in the place he had called them to fulfill the purpose of blessing the world with God's love. And then, of course, we come to the first Christmas. Emmanuel, God with us. Where the Son of God, Jesus Christ, 
comes as one of us, fully divine yet fully human, and lives amongst us and shows the true reality of living out this life of love and blesses others and teaches others and uh, inspires others and then dies on the cross in order that that relationship might be fully restored and that our hope for the future of eternity with God would be realized. And as Jesus ascends to heaven, some 50 days later, the Holy Spirit comes, the Spirit of Jesus, the Spirit of God, comes and empowers the people. And uh, in Acts verse, uh, chapter 1, verse 8, it talks about the power coming on us and then sending us out to the ends of the earth. Well, Aussies, you almost made it. We Kiwis found the end of it. <laughs> There's nowhere else to go after that. And we go out. But you see, the strategy remains the same. Because here we are today in Wollongong, God's people, in the place he has sent us, filled with his spirit to show the Wollongong community the love of God. You see, the same thing is expected as when... The people traveled through the promised land. They saw this people in this place living in a different way, taking notice, asking questions, and being introduced to a relationship with God to change the world. Same today. You in this community, you through all your, your Christmas events, you through all of your interaction as salvos in this place. You're God's people. And with your brothers and sisters from other churches, you're in this place. And the purpose remains the same. People who interact with the Salvation Army should see a difference. The quality of relationships should be better. The way you care for those who are disadvantaged and in need should be an expression of the love of God, not just good social service. The way you conduct yourselves, the way you interact around this Christmas season as you play music, as you sing carols, as you, some people are going to be cooking sausages, as you serve them, as you interact, it's all about being his people in this place. And the purpose is to restore this broken creation. It's to restore the broken relationships with each other. And it's to restore the broken relationship with God. That people might find, what do we say in our vision statement? A transformed life. Yes, transformed physically and emotionally and socially, but also transformed spiritually.
to a relationship with him. And so we go to, uh, to John chapter 13 where Jesus summarizes uh, this message uh, in today's world and or for that time where he summarizes the covenant, he summarizes the, the, uh, the purpose and he says, so now I'm giving you a new commandment, love each other. How much? Just as much as I've loved you. And when you do this, all people will see God because you are his disciples. Friends, it's such a simple formula. And we are part in 2019, soon to be 2020, down on the underside of the world in Australia, we are part of this Abrahamic covenant of being God's people in the place he has sent us for the purpose of bringing and sharing his love to those around. You know, the people who look at the salvos of Wollongong should see something different. Now, back in the day in the Salvation Army, we would have called that holy living, holiness of life. And that comes and that's evident through accepting difference with each other. Generationally, different perspectives on things. When we vehemently disagree, we link arms and stay together because of the love of Jesus Christ. That's one of the differences that must be evident if we want the world to stop and take notice and understand something of his love. It's actually delightful to come in here and see old and young and uniformed and t-shirted and whatever, anybody taking part and feeling relaxed and a part of this community and feeling like everyone has a place and makes a contribution. Congratulations on what you're doing. Thank you for your commitment. Thank you for your dedication. May the Lord bless you as you fulfill the first mission covenant of the Bible to Abraham in today's world in Wollongong. As you are God's people in the place he sent you to live out and fulfill the purpose of bringing his restoration, his redemption, his transformation, his salvation to this world. We're going to sing uh, a lovely song, Here I Am to Worship. And as we sing that song, I'd like you to uh, just consider what God's word has said to us today. I'd like you to think about your place in this Salvation Army, your place in this community, what you're doing to bring God's purpose to this community. There's all sorts of elements and aspects of this that could be yours. Maybe there's something that you need to step up and be committed to. 
through this uh, Salvation Army Corps. Or maybe there's a relationship that needs to be mended. Or maybe there's a person in the community that you work with or know or relate to who you'd want to pray for that you might get the opportunity to share the Christmas story with them sometime this week. But we need to be intentional, friends. Not just do our program and hope it works, but need to be intentional about his mission of restored relationships, of experiencing the love of God. And as we sing about this light of the world who came down as this baby and our response in worship to him, part of that worship is our reaching out. And I'd pray that you would just respond to what God might say to you today, whatever form that might take, to do whatever he requires of you to do as his people in this place, fulfilling his purpose in Wollongong this week. Let's sing together.